the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. I'm joined in studio once again by the producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. Another good evening to you, Rebecca. Yes, it's always great to see you. You as well. I think we had, what, five days of fall? I know. It seems like Lots it didn't last very long. I More know. coming tomorrow, they say, like three to six inches. Believe it or not, we had an event for Liberty on a Sunday just two weeks ago. Sure. And I was wearing summer clothes. Oh, it yeah. was outside. It's in the it 80s, was like, I think. yeah, it was like 75, 80 degrees. It was beautiful. Yep. And then a week and a half later, we get hit. <laughs> it changes on a dime in Minnesota, right? Yes, it right? does. Yes, yep. it does. Well, over the last decade, schools in Minnesota and across America have welcomed a transformation, and the growing changes in education philosophy are not sitting well with an increasing number of students, parents, and teachers. That's right, Rebecca. The goals of these philosophies are uniform, to close the achievement gap between black and white students. But in order to close the gap, schools are embracing the notion that structures within our nation's schools and in all areas of American society are so entrenched with racism and white supremacy. Yes, racism bears an ugly stain in our nation's history. Mm -hmm, Yes, racism definitely exists today. Mm -hmm. But does the practice of smearing an entire group of people collectively compensate for that racism? Our guest tonight says that blaming poor behavior in schools and low test scores solely on white teachers is simply wrong. Over the next couple of shows, we will discuss the presence of critical race theory and its effect on K-12 schools. Right. Well, joining us in studio tonight to discuss the controversial critical race theory and its impact on our kids' schools is Aaron Benner. Aaron has been a Minnesota educator for more than 20 years. He worked as an elementary school teacher in the St. Paul Public School District. And while teaching in the district, Aaron uh, bemoaned the growing tide of low test scores. On more than one occasion, Aaron also addressed the district's school board, communicating his concerns with student behavior. He was also a member of the St. Paul Federation of Teachers for 15 years. He is now a ninth grade dean of students and activities director at Creighton Durham Hall High School. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us again on Education Nation. This is your second stint with us. Yes, thank you, Rebecca, and thank you, Mark, for having me. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say that I'm currently the 11th grade dean of students. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh. As I was reading that introduction, I thought, I thought it was 11th grade, but I trusted Mark to... <laughs> I think I missed something. I apologize. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. I should have just gone with my gut rather than uh, reading yeah, his bio in front of me. me. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we had some great... 
great shows. A couple, was it two years ago that we had you on, Erin, or was it a year ago? It was last year. It was last year. Just a year ago. Okay, and I would really, really encourage our listeners to go back and listen to those shows. Um, You can go to ednationmn.org, and you can scroll back and look for the show that has Erin Benner in the title. I believe we did two shows with you that time, that too. That is correct. Talking about the behavior issues in the St. Paul exactly. Public School District. And you will be appalled at what he saw and what he experienced. And really, it sets the framework for what we're going to be talking about today. So I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that. Well, critical race theory has been at the center of much controversy, garnering the attention of even President Trump in September. Um, share with our listeners an overview of what critical race theory framework is and contrast that with the ideals on which our great nation was founded. Yes. So I came across critical race theory by accident. Hmm. Um, I was complaining to the St. Paul School Board about Pacific Educational Group being a consultant and trying to help close the achievement gap in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, during my research, I found out that the Pacific Educational Group used all of its theories on critical race theory. Hmm. And critical race theory started in the late 1980s with a man named Derek Bell. Hmm. It's all over our nation now. Yeah. But the history of it is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, CRT, as I call it, recognizes yeah. that racism is so ingrained in the fabric and system of the American society. The individual racist need not to exist to note that institutional racism is pervasive in the dominant culture. This is the analytical lens that CRT uses in examining existing power structures. CRT identifies that these power structures are based on white privilege and white supremacy, which per- which perpetuates the marginalization mm-hmm. of people of color. Now, I was reading that straight from Wikipedia for your mm-hmm. listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, that's basically what it is. It's telling people that racism is so ingrained in every aspect of America mm-hmm. that there's hardly anything black Americans can do. Mm-hmm. And for me... As a black man, I've dealt with racism my whole life, mm-hmm. and I look at my ancestors and how they struggled. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with critical race theory because it's basically saying there's no hope for you. Right. If you're a black student, your school teacher is basically white. She does she or she, he or she doesn't like you. The school system is created just for you to fail, and I find that hard to believe. So if you plant that seed in the students, mm-hmm. why should they try? Because mm-hmm. they've been told that this is not going to work for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And you were a teacher in the St. Paul Public Schools for a long time, an elementary school teacher. You you worked with a lot of white teachers. That is correct. And they were fabulous. Yeah. And, yes. and as a black man, did you see any evidence at all that this theory had any basis in truth at all? No. But I do want your listeners to do understand is that I did come across a few racist teachers out mm-hmm. of 15 years. Sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to come across like there's no racism. Right. And those teachers were dealt with accordingly. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Good. But as a black man and as a teacher, I just thought we were setting our children up to fail. Mm-hmm. With, if, with the critical, with the critical race. race theory. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With the critical race theory. If It was always an excuse. And the excuse was these test scores are low because white teachers and their privilege don't understand black students. Oh, okay. And I was like, wow, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Right. I've never heard of the term white privilege before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was being thrown around all the time, white privilege and equity. So mm-hmm. I did my research, and sure enough, I'm like, oh, this has come up from a theory that I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And this was five years ago. This was five years ago, mm-hmm. exactly five years ago. Wow. Yeah. And like you say, look at how prevalent it is today. Yes. I mean, it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. And what's interesting is that it's so embedded in our schools. Um, it's so embedded into some of our social protests. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that critical race theory has always wanted to dismantle the police. 
long mm-hmm. before we had um, the the innocent killings of some of our unarmed black men. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that these incidents, critical race theorists actually are happy they happen. It helps uh, perpetuate their theory, oh. which is really sad. Now, do I believe yes. there should be some reform mm-hmm. in the police department or some um, criminal justice reform? I definitely do. Mm-hmm. But to use a, a horrific incident to push your agenda is not fair. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't mind. I hope you don't mind me going Go off on this side tangent here briefly, Mark. You and I had lunch or breakfast, excuse me, last summer, and we were talking about this very issue. Yes. Um, it was probably, what, um, two months after George Floyd or something like that. Yes. And I remember you telling me about critical race theory because I only had heard of it. I really knew nothing of it. And you really compared it to Marxism. Yes, I did. Can you briefly describe that for our listeners? Well, it's it's interesting because... What's going on in our country right now, it's pure chaos. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that critical race theorists have wanted this mm-hmm. because this pushes their agenda. So if you're always saying that racism is in every fabric of our society and you, the critical race theorists are saying we must disrupt every structure that has racism, and they say every structure, our government, our schools, mm-hmm. our law enforcement, so mm-hmm. we must disrupt them by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So that's... That's chaos. That's sure. that's a recipe for chaos. Yeah, it is. It is for anarchy yes, and chaos. Exactly. Yeah, um, that that's really. I hadn't thought about it that way. That if it's true, if they believe that there's truly racism in everything, and that's mm-hmm. at the core of every problem, you really do almost. It's almost revolution. Yes, like they're trying to almost start a Bring cultural division. revolution, mm-hmm. just like what. You wonder, are they trying to go where they went in Cuba? Are they trying to go where they went in China and Russia? Is this their end game? I don't know. And I think many people who who are protesting, you have a right to protest, but understand, does the person you're protesting with understand what you're thinking? Because people aren't saying, I'm protesting because I like critical race theory. Mm -hmm. It's all neatly packaged as something that looks like it's right. Yeah, that sounds right. It sounds Mm -hmm. right. Now, is there racism and we should dismantle it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. But are we trying to get rid of all our schools and get rid of our police? Are we trying to dismantle our whole society? Because there are some people in critical race theory who want that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really driving the um, the the protests that become very violent, is yes. what you would say. In critical race theory, they do not like the theorists do not agree with Dr. King's message. Uh, there's no secret. I know right. that's one of the questions. There's no secret yeah. at all where critical race theorists stand with Dr. King. Mm-hmm. They believe the colorblind society is that's ridiculous. Um, they want to be in your face with any uh, microaggressions or racism. Dr. King was all about peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Critical race theorists, you know, they believe that time has come and gone and we didn't get the results we wanted. So we're, this is the way we're going to do it. Hmm. I disagree with that. There are many people who agree with that format, but that's not just for me. Right, right. Oh my goodness. I think what needs to be taken into consideration, too, who are these people that are speaking, you know, behind you know, their organizations or the theory itself? Why are they speaking for a whole group of people and not allowing people to speak for themselves? That's mm-hmm. a great question. Very great question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we just touched a little bit on uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his I Have a Dream speech. And, you know, his approach was definitely individualistic, you know, mm-hmm. about the fact that people on an individual basis would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. You mentioned that these are polar opposites approaches. I mean, but is there any room for Dr. King's approach when it comes to racial equality in light of what's being promoted by this CRT? Mm-hmm. Interesting you mentioned uh, Dr. King's speech. I actually used part of that speech when I addressed the St. Paul School Board mm-hmm. um, because where we are right now, Dr. King is a 
distant memory. Right. Mm -hmm. His legacy and the way he approached things is almost laughed upon Mm -hmm. with critical race theorists. Mm -hmm. I do not think there's any room for Dr. King's approach with critical race theorists, which breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, uh, really breaks my heart. It's um, which what is interesting during my lawsuit with the St. Paul Public Schools that was settled a year ago. Yeah. Former Superintendent Valeria Silva was was deposed for my case. And my lawyer asked her about Dr. King and how would he feel about Pacific Educational Group and critical race theory. And in her response, as arrogant as she always is, she's like, we don't care about Dr. King. Oh. Came out and just said it. Came wow. Right out Publicly. And I, yeah. And I want the listeners to understand that I had a settlement with St. Paul Public Schools and I didn't have to sign a non-disclosure. So I can talk all about this mm-hmm, case. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. can you believe the arrogance? We don't care about Dr. King anymore. Think about all he went through. All that he brought. The civil rights legislation yes. wouldn't be here without Dr. Yeah. King. Now, Silva didn't mention critical race theory, but her answer is coming from critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Totally. So wow. that, that's interesting. Just to clarify for our listeners, Silva was the superintendent of the St. Paul Public Schools back when you were a teacher. That's correct. And seeing the problems with this specific education group, which um, is based on critical race yes. theory. You were seeing the damaging effects. You went to the board and the board basically turned on you yes, they did. and shut you down. And um, that's why you had to bring the lawsuit because they fired you. That, they didn't fire me. Oh, I no, resigned. They didn't. Oh, okay. Okay. And I want your listeners to also know that who got fired was... Valeria Silva. Yeah, she did, eventually. June of 2016. (laughs) So it's good. And they're not using PEG anymore, or are they? Uh, I don't... I... I hear they're still using PEG. They okay. may not be using PEG, but they're still using critical, critical race theory. They, they are. And oh, the St. Paul Federation of Edu- Educators is still using critical race theory. Mm-hmm. It's the new thing. It's mm-hmm. the new toy, mm-hmm. and it's not going away. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. They're so desperate to close that achievement gap. And rather than actually use cl- methods that work like mm-hmm. classical education, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know classical education works with students of all backgrounds, Um Liberty is one example. Hope Academy in Minneapolis is an example. Rather than do that or provide school choice so that these inner city kids could go to schools where they can be successful, they would rather just blame it on whiteness. One of my solutions, and I used to say this uh, sarcastically, but now I'm serious. I would say we're always worried about white teachers and their privilege. Let's go back to segregation. Yeah. I was. I would used to say that sarcastically. Now I'm serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot paint all the female white teachers in America as having their privilege and not understanding a student of color. I work with too many people who care about their students. Yeah. We all have biases. Right. Yep. You know, and that's never brought about, talked about in critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, people of color have biases. Mm-hmm. But if we're, we're not going to fire 80% of our population because they're white. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a plethora of applicants who are color, who, who are, are of color who want to be teachers. Right. So if we're so worried about white teachers, then let's go back to segregation. Black yeah. kids be taught by yeah. black uh, teachers and so forth. But we don't want to do that. But if we keep on talking about that's it. That's the concern, though. That's, that's where that's exactly. going. Exactly. And, it, and we are going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, I think, how it's really bringing about the opposite results of what they purport to be for. Because it's really taking us backwards, not forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, because by, by default, it ends up segregated if they yes. were to get everything that they wanted. And that's because the individual is forgotten about, and now we're just putting labels based on a collectivist yeah. bias. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, boy. Well, I briefly mentioned earlier that it received the attention of President Trump. And in fact, um, he initially banned CRT in federal agencies and then expanded the ban to the military, government contractors, and grantees. 
Um, this is where things got muddied. Despite the extensive ban on CRT, is critical race theory training still taking place in schools? Yes, it is. Wow. 100% so. Uh, one thing that bothers me about President Trump, I wish he would not have tried to ban CRT. Mm. The reason why I say this, it's like when we are uh, when we were teenagers and your parents took away something mm-hmm. or you put a censor sticker on an album. Yeah. You want to listen to it. All the more. <laughs> All the more. Right. So mm-hmm. when I heard President Trump say he was, I was like, no, because sadly to say, this is the same president who had a hard time denouncing white supremacists. Mm-hmm. So critical race theorists are like, yes, this is exactly what we're talking about. I just wish it, somebody else would have said So you feel like it fed, it oh, fed yes. into yes, it fed support into of yes. critical race it theory. Did. It had the opposite effect of what he was yes. attempting to do. Exactly. Interesting. Now, I can see that point. You wonder, though, are they still doing the training then in those, in those military, in, in those places? Did it truly happen that they're not getting critical race theory anymore? I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's hard to enforce. Yeah, I suppose. It's hard to enforce. Yeah, because it's yeah. In individuals. And, right. and I think it might be helpful not to ban it, but to give people knowledge. This is something right. that's being taught and compared to Dr. King's message right. and have people make their own decision. Yes. Right. I was talking to Mark earlier. I think there are many people who, who've never heard of critical race theory or what they really want. Mm-hmm. It sounds great, mm-hmm. you know, but do you, what, what's the end game? Right. You know, right. So it's kind of flown under the radar. I mean, I, I hadn't heard about it until, you know, just really a couple of weeks ago when the president did make that announcement. But, you know, this is something you had written about uh, extensively back in 2015 yes. in an editorial piece. And uh, we'll go ahead and just even talk about how it really began to take root even earlier in the decade. In fact, it's interesting to note that back in 2011, then St. Paul Mayor Chris Coleman oversaw CRT's implementation in the city and in St. Paul Public Schools. Having taught in the St. Paul Public School District, uh, Aaron, describe for our listeners the specifics concerning the changes that came as a result of CRT's implementation in the school district. So almost overnight, we tried to lower the suspensions of our African-American students without informing our teachers. Mm -hmm. So St. Paul, Hmm. then Mayor Chris Coleman, um, makes a deal with the uh, city of St. Paul, and we're going to lower our suspensions. It's going to look great on paper. And actually, grant money was um, connected to a all test. of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So almost overnight, if you're a teacher and you write a referral and the perpetrator was an African-American student, you would be questioned nonstop, where basically the referral wasn't even given to your administrator because you were made to feel like you did something wrong. I'm talking about if you witnessed a violent fight. Right. Mm. So you'd be asked, Mr. Benner, did you trigger something for this student to assault this other student? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, no, I didn't trigger anything. I'm I'm the playground supervisor. And I saw a boy go over and punch another boy. It was it was just chaos. It was just ridiculous. So then you would ask you hear questions in uh, staff meetings. We have to find the root causes to make a long story short. It was a bunch of baloney. Mm -hmm. The suspensions went down drastically. St. Paul bragged about their um, great schools. But in reality, violence was throughout the entire district. Right. Hmm. Um, I blame former mayor Chris Coleman for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has a brother, Norm. Yeah, it's Chris Coleman. Mm-hmm. I always get him confused. He was a senator. So Chris Coleman was the mayor and Norm was the senator. But Chris Coleman, I blame him. And here's the reason why I blame him. When Valera Silva was a superintendent and she was taking a lot of heat, even when she was fired, Chris Coleman had the audacity to have a day in her honor on November 29, 2016, Valeria Silva Day. What? Wow. You can Google it. 
So your superintendent, you've been quiet during all this chaos with low test scores and your other minorities uh, leaving for other districts. Chris Coleman never said a peep about the chaos in St. Paul schools because he was in on it with Valeria Silva. If you go to the PEG website, you'll see a testimonial from former Mayor Chris Coleman and how he has brought PEG to every aspect of St. Paul uh, law and government. Take PEG, and that's the CRT, that's critical race theory. Mm -hmm. Problems we now have in St. Paul, and the problems I mean, we have violence. We have the now mayor, Mayor Carter, he seems to be anti-police. appears that way. You know, he doesn't want a, sp- a spot shotter, I think it's called. I could be wrong. He doesn't want to have more police on the force. That's all CRT. Mm-hmm. I think he's a son of a police officer, isn't he? Definitely he definitely is. You know why I know that? Because my father was a police officer. My father worked with his father, okay. which it, it, it's a little mind-boggling. But mm-hmm. it's not like this came out of nowhere. This is all Chris Coleman. This is all about bringing this to St. Paul. And if you look at the crime in St. Paul now, you will read about suspects who are being let out, not even on probation. They're not even being charged for a rape here, a shooting here. And you, you read in the paper like he's he had another, this guy had another charge two months ago. That's critical race theory right there. Hmm. And it's not helping our city at all. Mm-hmm. It's not helping our city mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, it's chaos. And what's especially surprising about that is that St. Paul actually did a really good job in terms of squashing the violence as a result of the George Floyd situation. They did an excellent job. And I give that credit to Chief Axtell. Okay. Mm. And mm-hmm. Chief Axtell and the mayor, they've been at oh, odds, okay. trust me. Oh, okay. they really have. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. this, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing when you when you read uh, the stories in the mm-hmm. paper, when you see press conferences. Their messages don't seem to connect, but I am a huge fan of Chief Axtell, and I wish him the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, good for you. That's Thanks. It's really interesting to hear how... These are these are ramifications of theories. You know, yes. sometimes people think, oh, it's a theory. What does it really mean? But these are true uh, devastating ramifications in schools, in yeah. our cities. Untested, um, yeah, not proven. Untested, not proven. Yeah. Exactly. I want to add one more thing about St. Paul. So um, in the Pioneer Press, if there's a violent crime, it's almost a joke now if you read the, the comments after a story about violent crime in St. Paul. You'll get every detail about the incident except the suspect's identification. The suspect had a green jacket. He was he, he robbed uh, green Tahoe, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, for right. what was the race? But critical, critical race theory, we don't want to mention the race. And, and that does not help this anybody. No, no. That does not help because anybody. Because you don't even know who you're looking for exactly. then at that point. This is what's dangerous, though. Yeah. People are going to start to catch on, and then they're going to bring a bias to say the person's black. Yeah. Oh, you should see the yeah. comments. Yeah. It's already, yeah. it's, it's it's already caught yeah. on. Yeah. You're like, oh, since we didn't get the race of the sort, we know, and, you know, and the comments are, some of the comments are very, very hateful and racist. Sure. But that's what happens when you, you're not being... Um, transparent. Tra- transparent, mm-hmm. and you're not being a pure journalist. Mm-hmm. You know, And mm-hmm. it, it's just ridiculous. We've gone so far. You know, in one direction. It's like the very thing that they're saying that they're wanting to prevent is actually the thing they're promoting hope yes. happens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't know if the Pioneer, I, I, you know, I don't want, I don't know if the Pioneer Press is behind this. I think they've been told by the city of St. Paul, we're not going to mention the race. I could be mm-hmm. wrong, but I know if someone gives a report to the police and the police give it to the Pioneer Press, I think the Pioneer Press is like, we're not going to do it. And I know the, you, ask. And the University of Minnesota um, looks upon, frowns upon um, given the race of a suspect 
any crime on the University of Minnesota campus, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. totally suspect was had a hoodie on, or no, suspect was running down with Nike tennis shoes, red Nike tennis shoes, <laughs> had a fluorescent hat on. But okay, who was? <laughs> yeah, right. right. What? What? This does not help us find that this. He hasn't anybody. changed his right. clothes at all. Right. No. <laughs> Nobody would think to do that. And, and that's not helping at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. Oh, boy. Well, as a former teacher in the St. Paul Public School District, your primary concerns involved how the district was going about trying to close the achievement gap and how they were handling accountability for the behavior of the students. And the district hired a San Francisco-based consulting firm, Pacific Education Group, which we've been talking about here, to provide the district direction on how to close the achievement gap. When you were teaching in the St. Paul Public School District, what was the narrative pushed by Peg in the district behind the poor behavior of the students and their low test scores? We talked about this briefly, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. The, the narrative pushed by Peg was simply this. Low test scores are, could be blamed on white teachers. Mm-hmm. Simply put, white, you have too many white teachers, and they're, with their biases, they do not understand kids of color. Mm-hmm. Now, your listeners might think I'm making this up. This is hyperbole. No, this is the... Honest to goodness, truth. Right, right. You just keep on hammering white teachers. You don't know what you're doing. You, you don't understand the kids, blah, 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 which is interesting. So if you have a classroom with a white teacher and you have six black kids who have high test scores or who are doing well and you have other kids who are failing. So has anybody talked to the six kids who are doing well right. with the same white teacher? Right. right. How about the many black kids who come out of St. Paul? And there are a lot of them who do really well with these white teachers right. in these racist institutions. You have to tap them and ask them, what did you do to survive? Mm-hmm. We might get some answers. Right, mm-hmm. right. We, we might get some solutions. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying every teacher is great, mm-hmm. but just to simply say the kids weren't doing well and their behavior was poor on white teachers and their privilege mm-hmm. is unremarkable, unethical, and wrong. Well, it seems wrong. like a cop-out. It to is be a, honest with you. It's an excuse. Yeah. It and I wrote about seems, that in my editorial. It's, mm-hmm, it's a, an excuse. Mm-hmm. So that they can wash their hands of the low test scores and say, we're done. We're yes. done trying. We're just going to blame it on white teachers. And I want to say I yeah. worked with plenty of white teachers who gave me great teaching strategies. And I wish I had time to name them all because I learned a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just to revisit a point we made earlier, I mean, all these quote unquote accomplishments in the area of student discipline or even on test scores. It's propaganda on paper. That's yes, really yeah. what it is. propaganda. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of discipline, um, if you're a teacher and you're writing referral because a student's chewing gum, you shouldn't be a teacher. <laughs> right. Or if a student's rolling their eyes. You know, <laughs> right. I, I tell people that all the time. Yeah. And teachers do not suspend students. That's one of the f- fallacies we hear. You have to write a referral and give it to an administrator. But if you're a superintendent and you tell your uh, administrator, I don't want to see so many referrals, and you don't tell your teachors, right? you're going, as a teacher, what am I doing writing this right. stuff if you're not going to do anything? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So then let they're me, frustrated. Let me in on what's going on and we can work mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. I get excited mm-hmm. talking about this stuff. Yes. <laughs> Understandably so. Well, we've got about a minute so. here just to wrap up for this weekend. But I just want to ask again, as an educator, have you personally had to take part in critical race training? And if so, how would you describe most of the diversity and anti-racism training that's conducted today? So I never took an official and official um, critical race theory However, I took all the PEG courses, and that's critical mm-hmm. race theory. Yeah. Sure. Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> right, right. You know? I, so, yes, and uh, you can do diversity training without making people feel like crap. Right. Mm-hmm. You can do diversity training without making your teaching staff feel guilty for being white right. or any other color. Right. It's great. I, I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I, used, I taught at Community Peace Academy, and we have a large Hmong population. I didn't know anything about the Hmong culture. I learned from my students. I, I learned from other educators. But no one made me feel like I was a terrible person because I wasn't Hmong, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So 
Um, it's interesting. It really is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is what's interesting because it seems to only be applied to, to one race. Exactly. We call it critical race theory, but it's really, as you mentioned before we went on air, it's really just about one race, and yes. that's the African-American race. Yeah. Yep. Well, Aaron, as always, it's so amazing to have you on and to get your insights. We appreciate you so much. And Thank you for uh, having me come back. I yes. It's always a pleasure, Aaron. We Thank look you. forward to having you again next week. And uh, for our listeners, I hope you will go to our ednationmn.org. And check out this podcast and the earlier ones with Aaron from a year ago. And Mark, thank you so much, as always. Always a pleasure. Good to see you again. And to our listeners, we will enjoy looking forward to seeing you next Saturday night at AM 1280 The Patriot, 6 p.m. Education Nation. Join us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.